Hey, welcome to a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. Now, I guess we'll call this one episode one. Um, this was really a test run. Um, we made the unfortunate decision to record on an iPhone. I don't know why we thought that would be decent sound quality. Um, I guess at the time, I hadn't found uh, the microphone that I'm using now, which is obviously very clear, as you can tell. So I just wanted to give a heads up and, and say this first episode, great in content, but horrible in sound quality. Um, and not only that, but unfortunately, we lost Brandon's audio. So it's really just sounds like me talking to myself. You can hear his muffled responses in the background. Um, so we were kind of plagued by audio issues, which which unfortunately sucks. It was a it was a decent episode, decent interaction for being a first run. Uh, but again, just wanted to give that precursor, uh, not to judge too harshly off of this one. Uh, I just wanted to include it for the sake of continuity, because in the next episode, I do say that that's episode two. So didn't want anyone getting confused. So I'm going to go ahead and upload this one. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, I mean, we really don't know what we're going to call this yet, do we? I mean, Brandon's even care. To him, it's a test run. To, to him, it's, uh, he's just pretty much looking on his phone, like, looking at, looks like pornography. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's reading the SmackDown spoilers. <laughs> Because uh, he was, he's pretty much asleep for the last two hours, you know. Brandon uh, performs every Tuesday at Franklin Manor. Come check him out. That's my one plug for you uh, on the podcast that nobody's listening to. Um, but, you know, read up on what happened because, you know, obviously our main thing is to discuss wrestling on this show. And, you know, quick recap. First of all, uh I think the reason we chose to do a podcast this week is because it's a huge week in wrestling. First week of September. Um, I feel like I was having a fever fever dream this week because Raw was just like the most random episode I've ever seen. Oh, I thought Raw was fantastic. No, don't, don't mistake what I'm saying. Raw was great. <laughs> but... uh it was super random. You got, like, Drake Maverick coming out with the Authors of Pain. Like, just randomly. Like, he's a baby face on uh, 205 Live as the general manager. And then all of a sudden, he's, like, dressing up like the Authors of Pain who are dressed up as a, you know, ghetto shield as it is. You know? Like, why why even get rid of Paul Ellering if you're going to bring on Baby Boy as, you know, <laughs> their manager? But, uh, yeah. I mean, that Undertaker and Shawn Michaels killing it, absolutely killing it in their promos. And uh, I wish I wish you all could see what Brandon's doing right now. He's just literally just scrolling up and down. Like, I don't even know what he's looking at, but he's like not even paying attention. He's wearing his little, he's wearing his beanie and he just truly doesn't care. You know, I've been telling him for two years, let's do a podcast. And he's like, yeah, bro. Yeah, we got it. We'll do it. It took two years to even get him into a room, and even then, I had to go set up while he slept, and then woke up and was like, "Oh yeah, I was just chilling in the living room waiting on you." Yeah. 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 I, I thought he was like set up the room. He was gonna come back and say, "Hey, I'm ready to go." What? What, what, what do I have to do to come get you? You know, true talent waits for no one. Yeah. But. You know, I'm going to have to edit this out. I'm going to have to edit this out. It's just like mindless banter. It's like I, I give the reins to Brandon and uh, all he does is just talk about setting up audacity. Like, I'm sure you're all thoroughly entertained right now. Let's get back to wrestling, first of all. <laughs> so... Um, do you remember watching All In? Because I'm pretty sure you were asleep for that, too. <laughs> I, I remember bits. Right, exactly. But no, right, no, no, no. Proof is in the pudding right there. He remembers bits and pieces. That's that's not because he just zoned out. He he literally fell asleep watching All In. You know, I, I'm pretty sure you have narcolepsy. It was a, I might, but it was a long day. It was a late night. <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm not delayed. 
think. Like, but uh, what I did. Yeah. What's your opinion? Like, um, I thought it was really cool. Um, what Cody was able to do, uh, bringing all these different federations together. To give the rub to right, yeah, I got you. Well, I'm gonna give a controversial opinion because I I see on a you know I go on Squared Circle Reddit a lot, and the general consensus, oh, this was a great show, this is this this, and this is the most amazing this. I think people are overhyping it, and I get it, I really get it, because hear me out first, controversial opinion, but hear me out. All in as an event was not the best. The pacing was weird. Uh, the biggest critique I have is the match order. Because I think even me and you got confused when match number four, I think it was, was Cody Rhodes uh, challenging for the NWA title. We were almost like, is this the end of the show? We were confused. Um, the matches that followed, you know, you had some really, really good matches. Um, Okada versus Marty Skrull was amazing. Went too long, apparently, supposedly went too long, cutting the main event short. But the main event, why would that match should have been switched with uh, Cody Rhodes and Aldis? Um, quite frankly, because I think once Cody Rhodes won the NWA title, there was a certain level of emotion that the arena had, and it it, they almost had to rebuild and come back to the show uh, after that. You know, a time I can compare that to is imagine Daniel Bryan winning the, uh, or no, sorry, actually scratch that, uh, Undertaker streak. Undertaker streak was lost at WrestleMania 30. We were there for that. And then you almost had to rebuild for Daniel Bryan to win the title emotionally because you were just so upset uh, in that case. But, you know, I think All In was a great event for what, what it meant to the business and what it means going forward. I think that's the contribution of the event. It was what's important, but I don't think the execution of the event, I don't think it was as amazing as people make it seem. I think it was just quite simply because it was so hyped, because it was so, um, because it's such an amazing thing that what they did. No show has sold over 10,000 tickets um, in North America since, you know, 1999 and that's you know besides wwe i'm talking about it means a lot and i understand how important the event is and i enjoyed it but i don't think it was as good as people are saying that's as as simple as i'm saying because sometimes you see wrestlemania's people go that's the greatest wrestlemania of all time it's like no it's just because it's wrestlemania season you know you took time off of work you watched that event you get giddy and it, it you almost got you almost get like captivated in the atmosphere and i feel like that's what would happen with all in was that you know if you had just watched it back like if this was all in two or all in 25 we'd have been like oh it was a so-so event controversial let me know what you think hit me up on the twitter or the email what's the yeah what's what's the twitter well, you know, I came in unprepared and didn't really set one up, but it's probably like, it's probably sleeping ass Brandon at twitter.com or something. Are you just going to tweet Z's all day? Z. Oh my God. Wait, should we set up like Patreon Look, I'm just saying, we'll probably have two people listen to this. And if they want to tweet us, it's fine. Look, look, okay, we've, we've discussed, I've been friends with you for 10 years and you've always talked about setting up a Nigerian prince scam and I'm, I will be damned if I'm a part of the scam where we set up some, a podcast so that people can send us monies. If you send us a dollar, we'll ensure you eternal happiness. (laughs) Oh boy. Apologize. Oh, man. How, how about I, I hadn't seen it before? Janela. Um, you don't remember the Joey Janela match? We watched it. Wait, is that her name? Is her name Janela? Are you talking about uh, no, Penelope, Penelope Ford? Oh my god! Yeah. 
seen before. I was like, who is this? Yeah, she she got an instant follow on Instagram right away. But no, she she came out looking like a star too. And and, yeah. and speaking of uh, let's talk about All In. Uh, if the women's match, uh, Chelsea Green. Uh, oh my God, I'm on the spot right now, and it's gonna Tessa? yeah Tessa Blanchard. Um, who else was in there? Britt Baker, someone else. I'm missing it. Uh, I apologize. Green, uh, Madison Rain. Madison Rain. Yeah. Jeez, how could I forget about like the probably the biggest star in the match? You know, at least in terms of uh, long long term tenure there. Um, they had a good showing. You know, they had a really really good showing. Um, I think a lot of people. Uh, again, this is not my opinion, but from the general consensus is that uh, they stole the show in in a, in a way that they really shined. And that's good. That's awesome. I mean, we're in the year where, you know, WWE Evolution uh, is coming too. You know, big, big year for the women's division and not only WWE, but wrestling in general. So, awesome. Kudos to them. You know. Hey, we gotta get like a... <laughs> you gotta get like a sound effect board or something. Or somebody can pull up on a laptop and do like... <laughs> some sort of applause and somebody like... Okay, so already we've we're going over our budget, which is Brandon wants to buy a soundboard yeah, so that we can uh, <laughs> plug in the sound effects there. So like, right there, instead of me clapping, uh, we can have you know, can just pay to have a sound effect of clapping. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> can we can we become successful first? We're still trying to work the pacing here, Brandon. Anything else from All In? I feel. You know, folks, I really tried. I admittedly, I really tried to steer him off Penelope Ford, and and he was just like basically trying to say she's hot. And I was trying to call attention to the fact that the women's match was the best match on the card. And, you know, he just brings it back to, but, but seriously, what about Penelope Ford? <laughs> I mean, really, Penelope should have been probably the match. I, think I mean, she, she did a great job yeah. in, in that match. She did. She took a... Oh, it, you know, like I said, I mean, she, she caught my eye in the sense of, like, yeah, she seems like to have it. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird how, um, you know, you it, as they say, you can't teach. Um, you Sometimes you just look at a guy, look at a girl, and go... They have it. And, you know, I guess if you want to call WWE the big leagues, you know, that's when you look at somebody and you go, they'll be in WWE in a couple of years. And I wouldn't be surprised to see half of the all-in roster go to WWE just based off of, you know, that event. You see, but you see the, you see what's... They should be going to TNA. You gotta get TNA well, built up here. Yeah, so, so Brandon's the uh, pseudo, or the token TNA guy in the room always. He uh, he was always the guy that, you know, circa 2009, maybe a little bit before that. Anytime we discuss anything WWE, he'd be like, but you know, TNA. And the you worst know, part is... People were sleeping on TNA. <laughs> right? TNA was trailblazing. They were doing this well, a long time ago. Sleep, not right. You, you see, the problem I have with what he's saying is that I always watched more TNA than he ever did. Remember more TNA storylines than he ever did. And yet he likes to classify himself as the token TNA fan. And the thing is, I've always, I've never exactly disagreed with the fact that TNA was amazing. But for some reason, I could be like, oh, TNA was great. He's like, no, but man, you don't understand. You don't, you don't even understand how TNA is good. You know, it's like, okay, all right, dude. You got to be the coolest dude in the room. Go ahead. What's your little beanie hat that he's wearing right now? I forgot to take this off. <laughs> I sort of forgot I was there. I don't know. Let's give, let's give a backstory here. This is why I don't believe that. Brandon was always the guy that like walked in the room. We live in Florida, by the way. And he would walk in the room 100 degrees outside. And he'd be wearing a long sleeve sweatshirt uh, with the hoodie up. Like with the, with the hood on. And it's like very confusing because it's like, Brandon, it's really hot. What's going on? And he's like, uh, you never know when it's going to rain, man. You never know. You, you really should always be prepared. He would make a great politician because he can, can never answer a question straight. It's true. 
You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I totally forgot it happened. Oh. And was it kind of no, 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 no. It has nothing to do to do with. Yeah, maybe I was burned out. Maybe I was burned out from the event. But I will say. Okay, well, first of all, I love Chris Jericho. He's one of my favorites. Um, I love the fact that he's reinvented himself and gone like full Ganjin, you know, like that Amer- crazy American. He went. He took that character. A classic character, mind you, that like Stan Hansen and stuff would play. Um, he took that to New Japan, and he's playing a completely different character than he plays in the states. And it was cool to see him bring that to the states, that same New Japan character, but outside of WWE. I mean, it was just a couple of years ago that he said, "I will never work for anybody besides Vince McMahon in North America," and here we are, you know, years later, and that's not the case. Um, I mean, mind you, there's rumors upon rumors that Vince McMahon upset him because he wouldn't let NXT be on the Jericho cruise. What? Again, like, all all rumors. I mean, obviously we're not in the business. We don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's got to be something to, to that. I mean, he's working for Cody Rhodes. He's doing the all-in event. But it, it's one of those things he where... No, of course. Of course he will. Chris Jericho's a very, very smart man. A man that, uh, when I was driving down Van Dyke Road here in Tampa, and uh, I signaled for him to turn and let him in his blue Tesla drive past, which we didn't know it was Chris Jericho at the time, but, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, that was Chris Jericho, that was pretty cool. I guess he and his son, I saw, like, just a glimpse. Um, but anyway, convoluted story, I'll admit. <laughs> um, I guess... The reason why I wasn't so hyped for Jericho is because I expected it, if that makes sense. I think it was just like, I, I know that, I know it's a big deal. Um, also, Omega had a really, really good match with Pentel Zero. And I think I was so like caught up in that match that it like didn't matter what happened afterwards. But also, I really liked the, uh, you know, the Chris Jericho in a mask, in someone else's mask. Unveil, unveiling. I mean, how many times has he done that with Rey Mysterio? Right. He was Sin Cara. <laughs> he's it's countless times that he's played another character, and then you know been the one under the mask. <clears throat> but that being said, I mean, I guess it was just something I expected with the Jericho Cruise coming up and you know Omega match and stuff. I was just like, all right, Jericho is going to be here, so it wasn't as big a deal as if like like CM Punk had showed up or something in Chicago, you know. Not to bring up CM Punk, who... <laughs> yeah. No, no CM Punk at the show. Uh, I mean, yeah, my, I, I think I'm a bigger CM Punk fan than I am a Jericho fan. Like, I was obsessed with Punk, but, you know, once he did his little walkout, <clears throat> in my opinion, it's like, you know, I get it. Like, I get it from a personal standpoint, like, all the things that happened, you know, the health issues and the feeling WWE screwed him and all that, but it's like, I kind of kind of feel like you don't walk out during stuff i i disagreed when austin had done that in 2002 um i just i don't like when people walk out neville same thing it's just kind of like that's not how you deal with it with with like you know him walking out and then the other sort of rumor reports or well at least the legal stuff that he went through with uh coke like what what do you think of like cm punk as a person well, you see, if, if I'm going off of, like, his DVD, you know, from a couple of years ago, he seems like a great person. And, again, it's it's two sides of the coin, because everything you've heard about Punk in, in, in the recent times are, like, basically he's a dick, and he's done all this stuff. But listening to that DVD, it seems like he's a saint. So, obviously, it's somewhere in the middle, right? I think Punk is a guy who's um, there for his friends, and, again... You know, don't shoot me in the back when, on that one. You know what I mean? I, I know he wasn't there for Colt Cabana, but there's maybe more to that story. Um, but, you know, it sounds like he's, you know, I mean, he paid for Joey Mercury's house when he was about to lose it, which didn't help because Joey Mercury was arrested on Saturday before All In. Let's just all talk. <laughs> he's supposed to be an agent for All In, supposedly, and then was arrested and put in jail and blah, blah, blah. The part of the story that I don't believe they were like, oh, well, he stayed in jail and blah, 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 blah. The, the bail was like $1,500. And Punk, 
didn't pay the video? No, no, no. This, we're talking about Joey Mercury. Oh, just, oh, sorry. No, no, I'm saying, like, the part I don't believe is, like, Joey Mercury didn't go to a bail's bond oh, and, and okay, yeah. get $1,500 to okay. get out of jail. It's like, come on, guys. I could have got $1,500 and <laughs> got out of jail. Um, but anyway, back to Punk. is just basically like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily believe everything. I don't believe that he's the best guy in the world. I don't believe that he's um, a dick at the same time. I believe that he's a guy who is kind of had a hard upbringing. He's a little introverted. Yeah. He's like a, like a Kurt Cobain, like almost like a reluctant celebrity. But I think he takes it in, a lot of it in stride. He tries to be good natured, but he's miserable. He's a miserable kind of person. I can relate. Sometimes I'm like that. Like I'm outgoing. I talk to people. Love to, love to have conversation. But there's times where like I don't want to hear any conversation from anybody. I mean. You've been there for those times. You're one of the only people that I let in when I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. So I can relate to Punk. I think that's why I always liked him, because I can relate to the, that kind of personality, almost like the, the introverted... Um, extrovert. Extrovert, yeah. <laughs> I know it's ironic to say, you know, it's an in, introverted extrovert. That's exactly how I described it. Anyway, we'll save Punk for another episode, I think. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is a big week of wrestling, so, I mean, you know, let's, let's talk about Raw. Let's talk about Raw. I mean, uh, it was just <laughs> a shit show. And I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, look, nobody sitting here going, the Attitude Era was the best writing in the world, you know? Sometimes it was just throw shit at the, the wall and see what sticks, and that's the whole show. That's what I felt like. It was like Raw took a major reset. There was just random pairings. There was things that they were just throwing out there to see what would work. And I was shocked because usually like a Labor Day episode. Yeah, I thought it was going to be some holiday. I thought it was going to be like a filler show. Yeah. yeah, like I thought it was going to be absolute like throwing American pies at people. And, and like, you know, we've had stuff like that in the past. Sergeant Right, Sergeant Slaughter cameo, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. But instead, we actually had a really interesting episode of Raw. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to start. Where, where do you think we should start on that? Uh, I mean, we can always start at Penelope and then sort of work our way. He's going future, back to I Penelope mean, yeah, Penelope Ford, man. Yeah, keep it on. Uh, you know what's kind of uh, What do you think Renee Young commented? I, I like Coach. You you actually I, like I, Coach? I, I mean, I love Renee Young. She's great. First of all... Coach on the commentary. First of all, I think I don't think Booker T. Like this is my oh, first and foremost opinion. Yeah. Booker T. should have never been replaced. And I know that a lot of people go, "Well, Coach is a better commentator." Now I agree, Coach is a better commentator than Booker T. But sometimes that's not the point. You have two really good commentators. You got Michael Cole, who's the flagship announcer. I mean, he's the corporate guy. He does what he's told. Yeah, Corey Graves with the random quips and. And is is just quick witted and can say everything, you know, and then you need a third that can kind of relate to the other two. Booker T was his own character where he could be ridiculous. I think the best example was uh when Jason <laughs> Jason Jordan um, was just basically what was, what was he doing? He was attacking or Elias attacked him on the outside or something, and Booker T's like, yeah, after all those illegal tactics, and it's like what. What illegal tactics happened with Jason Jordan? Like, what did he do to instigate Elias to, uh, you know, smash him with the guitar? But it's just because it's Booker T. Booker T's got more charisma in his pinky finger than all of us combined. <laughs> and he just said something that came to his mind, and he ran with it. You know, remember years ago when he was like, you know, when you walked out of the show and they were looking for an explanation, he literally look, looked at Michael Cole and said, I had to go to the bathroom. I thought the show was over. <laughs> I was gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> I thought the show was all leave me out of it. And it's like, uh they all just audibly started laughing. I think it was Josh Matthews at the time on there, and they just all bust out laughing, even Booker T. So it's like Booker T's self aware. Booker T knows what he's doing. It's not like he just is an idiot saying all these random comments, which I think the internet community is confusing. Sometimes they think he's just not smart. When Booker T is an intellectual man, and he always has been, and that's why he's able to pull off, like, that, uh, I don't want to say ignorant, but, like, he's just able to pull off that character of just, like, acting like he's stupid. And, uh, anyway, 
to bring it back home to your point, um, coach, I was a fan in the early 2000s. The problem with coach is like I feel like he's never, you know, he obviously left to ESPN, basically got fired and then begged for a job to come back. And I feel like no one has forgiven him for that. And it kind of shows that he's kind of doesn't feel welcomed. It also shows that he's not hitting his stride. Like, he's still got that, like, I'm trying too hard vibe to him on Raw. And, like, he's trying to find his niche in, in terms of commentating. He's not He's not found it. Whereas more so, like, Renee is welcomed into the commentator uh, table. And she just completely kills it when she's on commentary. She's um, relatable. She's relatable. You know, she also hits a different demographic with her commentary. Because, you know, she's the first female to, you know, commentate a full episode of Raw. So she hits a completely demograph- uh, different demographic that was not being utilized, you know, before. And uh, to me, she's a breath of fresh air. Simple. But if you, if you ask me, I'm going to book her tea back. I'm almost okay with him just doing two. Because I think Gray's... Well, we grew up in two, I think, is the problem. Kill it. Right. With, with the two of them. Um, sometimes I think with the third, it's a little weird. I'm trying to bounce lines back and forth with each other, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I thought, I, I thought her name was a little weird, like some of the stuff she said. <laughs> that was a little funny. Oh, it came across a little weird. Uh, maybe I was just half asleep so that was part of it that's the first time I've heard him publicly admit that he was half asleep during Raw well, I was I was watching I could have turned on an episode of Friends or Cheers or something and he would have still thought we were watching Raw I don't know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah we'll see how that dude is what's the deal are they just randomly messing around with it commentators I mean I wish you know I have no idea because you know I'm not in the industry but you know uh, the the K, the explanation they gave in kayfabe was uh coach was on assignment you know for all I know that means you know somebody maybe somebody can enlighten me you know someone can enlighten me was he covering a college football game or was he doing something was he on vacation with his family uh, someone pull up the Twitter to tell me the twit twit machine yeah Twitty Tister. Twitty Twister. Yeah, we better register that before this episode yeah. comes out because the one person who listens to this episode might be like, oh, I'm going to go register that. Then they got to pay me. Right? That's probably going to be me. I'm going to trick you into giving me a couple bucks for the Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, but raw, I mean, shoot. Uh, yeah. I might I might edit this part out. I feel like we're spinning wheels right now. No, uh, oh, you know what? There's a lot of people sort of uh, unsure about the Braun Strowman heel turn. Uh, because <laughs> I'd be one of them. Yeah, because it's it's really weird to seem like you know WWE just going against the grain. You know, hey, we want you to you know cheer for this guy and do this guy, no matter you know whether it makes sense right. or not, but. Seeing the show tonight, and then having him—I I guess it's good you mean, to sort of wait and see how things on Monday. Out. Yeah, you mean, Monday. yeah, right. Yeah, and then, or yeah, sorry, Monday, and then seeing him, you know, with uh, Ziggler and and McIntyre, and McIntyre. Right? yeah, yeah. Do you think he thing, pulled it off well? Yeah, like I thought that was cool, man. Right. And then putting them like against the Shield, it's like cool. It's like man, these two like legit. Well, Three man factions. Oh, I hear you. And now it's like, I don't care who's healer face right now. Like, this is just cool. Well, let's talk about that healer face. So I'm going to sidebar that for a second. But we're going to talk about that healing face thing because I have a point to drive home about uh, Becky and Charlotte, too. Uh, So I'll call back to that. Uh, What I will say, and I'll call you out on this. You said, oh, you didn't care. You thought it was cool. Um I will call you out because me and you audibly laughed at one part and it kind of says something to me, which was <laughs> when uh, they were all promo- promoing and uh, Braun Strowman goes, you know, I'm going to do this Roman and blah, blah, blah. And then McIntyre, Ma- McIntyre says, we are the best and does this stuff. And then all of a sudden Ziggler comes in and it's like, 
yeah, you know that we are. And, and both of us, you know, without consulting each other, just bust out laughing because it almost showed that Ziggler was kind of out of place in that group. And he's got to work out his uh, approval of delivery a little bit, I guess. Yeah, you I know. Still think, I still think he's a You know, I don't disagree with that, but like to me, he should be coming across. Like, I don't remember the name of the cartoon, but you remember what the cartoons with the two little dogs? Yeah. And they had the one big dog, and the little dog would bounce around and go, let me at him, let me at him. As in basically, like, the big dog's going to protect him. And not Roman, not, not the big dog, not the big dog. God, that buzzword, the big dog. Anyway, um, but that's how Ziggler should be. I feel like he should be like, I got these two monsters and then just bouncing around them. Like, come try to try to get me. You can't do it. You know, uh, as opposed to trying to hang with them. And the problem I have is like, if he's trying to hang with them, very obvious that he can't. He should be leading the charge and showing that he's the brains behind the brawn, no pun intended. Um, well, WWE intended that was his name, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it, per se, but it's like... Okay, so, a lot of people were against the heel turn, I guess, with Braun. I'm not so much one of those, because, to me, you turn a guy when he's fresh, uh, whether it be turn... Right, it's okay to turn him. Yeah, don't, don't wait until there's a sign of the crowd, like, disliking him to turn him, because I think one of the best examples is... Um, you know, we talk about it, Survivor Series 98, The Rock. The Rock, two months before, or three months before, had been in the nation, heel. Then he started getting the buzz, and uh, his stock started, you know, going up, and he was getting the babyface pop, so they turned him babyface September. And then going into Survivor Series, they pulled a double turn, and he turns heel. The best, that's the best thing that could have happened for him, because I think if he had uh, been babyface, people would have gotten what they wanted, his star would have, you know, risen, but then it would have fell just as quickly. By turning him heel again, you took that away from the fans, and, and they were like, oh, but we want Rock Babyface. You take that away from them just for a little bit, let him thrive as a heel, so that when he did turn Babyface again, I mean, it goes without saying, you've seen what happened with The Rock in life, much less just in wrestling character, did a lot for him. The issue I have with Braun turning heel um, is not that it, it wasn't the right time. It's that I feel like, and again, I don't know if this is writers, if this is him. When you turn someone heel, you don't have to make them bland. And his promo on Monday was just basically like, basic big man, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to put you in the ground. Like, he didn't say anything about get these hands anymore. Mm. He didn't say anything about, I'm not finished with you. Like, these are all the things, all the catchphrases he had when he was a heel. And then took them to the babyface realm. Um, And I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's him that needs to get comfortable again being a heel. He was getting used to being a babyface. But I think, yeah, I think Braun's talented enough that he can, he can run with it. But if you're asking me about last Monday, I don't think it was his best showing as a heel. Uh, I don't. And then, again, my fever dream of just watching The Shield come out. Like, you understand, The Shield came out. They buried the whole roster. This is this is my opinion. <laughs> this is my opinion. I'm like, I remember, if you remember, I, the whole time during that show, I'm like, you don't have three guys take out your whole roster. It makes your roster look weak. And then... The Shield looked at like more badass. Right, and that's what you said. But then by the end of the show, they had completely reversed that. Well, no, 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 I'm skipping a part, which is the S.H.I.E.L.D. then are all of a sudden backstage and they're getting arrested by these dinky cops. So these dinky cops were able to restrain them and get them, you know, to prison. And then we get some, you know, bullshit explanation about, like, all of a sudden they're out of jail. Okay, cool, I get it. They're out of jail. In storyline, they're out of jail. It wasn't said that they busted out of jail. It wasn't said... So, why the hell did these jackasses show up in the... In the... What was it? The ambulance? The head... Mercury paid their bail. Right. <laughs> Joey Mercury had paid their bail to get them out, remain in jail himself. He was all in. And uh, the Shields show up, you know. I was, I was personally excited because, again, it was a fever dream. I, I thought Scott Steiner was back. You know, I, I, 
You know, I mean, we had Shawn Michaels, we had Drake Maverick in the AOP, we had Shawn Ma- Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. I really legitimately thought Scott Steiner was back, or at least Ryback, or at least Ryback is coming with back in the ambulance. <laughs> but anyway, we're off the point. Where where am I? What am I even talking about at this point? Oh, uh, you didn't like that the Shield. Like right, the Shield. Thank you. So the Shield come back. And then they get absolutely destroyed by the roster. So now you have a situation where the Shield has buried the roster, and then the roster has buried the Shield. So nobody on the Raw roster looks strong right now, except Roman. Roman always ends up looking strong for some reason. He's the big dog. He's the big dog, that's right. Fist, I'm doing a fist bump right now. Um, and then, uh, so I pointed this out during the show, and it I got confirmation, at least com- inter- internet confirmation, that Seth Rollins wasn't supposed to take that bump and cut it, oh, cut his arm the way he did. Yeah, see, I thought it was just like a cool, like, spot. Like, oh, right. Cool. Uh, well, he, I mean, the spot was supposed to happen, but he cut himself, like, that was legitimate, right, that was you know. Legit. But you remember, I grew up watching Goldberg bust through a limo yeah. and see him, you know, cut that artery and be out for a year, so that's why I went, oh, no. I hope that I hope they're okay because now the shield's back again. The first time the shield came back, uh, Roman went down with a, a sickness. Then Dean went down, and I'm like, "Well, Rollins is out now too." <clears throat> anyway, um, you know, on the internet, everyone always calls him CrossFit Jesus, <laughs> right? With the uh, and and uh, for any Christians listening out there, I hope I don't offend. Um, this is just an observation. They call him CrossFit Jesus because of that big white outfit. And then I'll be damned if his arms are bleeding from that spot. And then they do a a very obvious camera angle where they're dragging him, his body, you know, and laying the carcasses, if you will, of the hounds next to each other. And I'm just like, CrossFit Jesus has died for our sins. Like, the visual of it was just, like, did they do that on purpose? (laughs) what What was that? Dude, how about, uh, looking boy Dean Ambrose, looking real jacked, real jacked, baby. This guy. Jesus. Jesus, I, like, I just took some water in the nose, so if I sound horrible for the rest of the episode, I apologize. My check, my check, one, two, two. I'll give you ten bucks if you tell me what wrestler I'm, uh... Imitating. My check, my check. One, two, one, two. Uh, not Shrek. Road Dog, but, oh, okay. but Rhodey when he was with Jeff Jarrett. Oh, okay. Ain't he great? Anyway, to answer your question, Dean Ambrose, coming back, Jack, I mean, it's like, I'm not taking anything away from Dean Ambrose, but if you're away from that, uh, the business that long, uh, and you are used to being on the road 24 7 and you're injured, you got nothing to do but work out. Because, you know, these guys are businessmen. And he realized that sometimes injuries, and I can't speak for Dean Ambrose, but I can probably understand that most guys are like this. An injury can be the best thing to happen to you. Not in the physical sense, obviously, but it, it puts you out of the mind of wrestling fans for a little bit so you can reinvent and come back. I mean, you've seen some of the best guys, like, come back and have their run after an injury. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, when he was injured in 97, you know, that actually was the time that made him the most popular. Um, in recent times, Seth Rollins came back with the redesign, rebuild, reclaim, and, you know, he did uh, arguably bigger things than that, you know, half of his career. Uh, Dean Ambrose, same thing. I mean, he was the lunatic fringe. He had the hair, you know, fringe everywhere. Comes back, you know, shaved, almost shaved head, buzzed head, I should say. You know, a lot more muscle. You take him more seriously now. His facial expressions are more like of the silent psychotic person than like the crazy, like everywhere, <laughs> energy everywhere. The close up, and he was just like dead serious. Was was that really like what you you literally 
the whole topic is just Dean Ambrose with Jack. I mean, that's just the way you're divided. Speaking of Jack, how about the chosen one, Drew McIntyre? <laughs> he always has a great, interesting man. Every time, give this guy a cool, interesting name. He's an awesome, he's an awesome character to give a cool, interesting name. Uh, uh, I, I like Drew McIntyre a lot. Right. Man. I, well, let's I talk about that. They want. Big things. They, if you're forgetting, they won the tag team titles on uh, on Raw. They they finally took it. They I shouldn't say finally took it from the B team. They just challenged once and took it, which that just seems weird. They had this whole B team build up, and they're beating most of the roster. The revival get jobbed out backstage once again, you know, and then they just come out and take the tag team titles. It's like what's going on? What's going on here? And, you know, obviously the B team was transitional, you know, in terms of them winning the titles, but just weird how it happened. You know, uh, I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to look at Drew McIntyre and go, there's a guy that, you know, the WWE brought him as the chosen one and said, this guy's going to go to the moon, you know, and didn't pan out because he was too young, you know. He was too young and wasn't mature enough. WWE let him go. <clears throat> you know, you have two choices at that point. You can either fizzle out, cry cry foul, and hate WWE, and inevitably be in your 50s and hit them with a lawsuit that says they ruined your life. <clears throat> or you can rebuild and come back. Gender. Don't hinder the gender. Don't hinder the gender. Uh, true story. True story. Let's sidebar on gender. Um, WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, Texas. Both of us went with a couple friends. And uh, Ginger was in a bar. Now, we weren't there. This is my other half of friends. Ginger was in a bar uh, at the time, not employed by WWE. And my friends were drinking with him, buying him drinks. Oh, Ginger Mahal's here. Buy, you know, buying him drinks. Drink with us. Drink with us. Well, throughout the course of the night, he whispers to my friend. He goes, I'm going back to WWE, you know. And he tells him. And not, not that he was signed. He just says, I'm going back to WWE. I'm going to be champion this time. And he said those exact words. Like, yeah, and yeah. again, at the time, my friend told me the story and he laughed. He's cracking up. He's like, Jinder freaking Mahal is going to go back to WWE and win the title. Ah, ha, ha. That'll, that'll be the day. I'll be damned if Jinder Mahal didn't go back and win the title. You know what I mean? So just like, you want an inspirational story right there. I mean, if I hadn't heard that story in 2016, you know, with my own ears, I would have never believed it. But the man won the title. You know, a year later. And, I mean, it goes to show you, you know, hard work, dedication, like, what you can accomplish. Even this, even this podcast, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, a little, little story there is it, we were talking about doing it and, um, you know, Brandon, no, and I'm not making fun of you when I say this, but you said, you're like, oh, it's just a test run. Let's just do it. I said, no, I don't, I don't want to do a test run. I want to do it. <laughs> you know, I don't care if there's one person listening right now or if there's a thousand people. You know, I want to take this seriously and just see what happens. I won't rest until I know, you know, I put my full effort into into this. Like, even right now, we're recording on two iPhones because, you know, can't afford equipment. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? But it's like, hey, you got to start somewhere. You got to do it. And, you know, one day I might be talking to you from using the home studio and doing stuff, you know. Yeah. Hopefully. Maybe I, maybe I just jinxed myself. Sorry. But, you know. Jinder Mahal's inspired me. He's, you know, hard body Mahal, you know. It's just telling me, you know, Brandon, I got to shoot my shot right now. I got to shoot it. Next year, I will have a home studio with the podcast equipment, and you won't be here anymore. I will have found a better sidekick, probably like Penelope Ford. Or... Uh, it, I mean, if you have Penelope Ford, <laughs> I might have to go over it. Yeah. You're not invited. <laughs> but wait, so do you think maybe... Not a bad idea. I haven't I haven't even thought about that. I you know, I had a completely different scenario in my head for what would happen with the WWE Universal title. I thought <clears throat> I thought Roman would end up winning or or Brock or sorry Brock would end up winning <laughs> and then I thought Kevin Owens would cheat and win the uh, 
Or sorry, no, let's scratch that. Uh, I it's thought Roman would win. I thought Kevin Owens would take the Money in the Bank contract by some means and then end up using it to cash in and inevitably win the title, which then he would job later on to Strowman because Strowman doesn't need the Money in the Bank. That was always what I said. Strowman doesn't need the Money in the Bank. In kayfabe, he can win the title just by himself. <clears throat> and then they've, they've done that at Hell in a Cell. It's like, he's like, I'm cashing in, which... I don't agree with I don't agree that that was the right path to go with the money in the bank contract oh, I'm going to cash in at Hell in a Cell and then turn heel you know I think if you I guess if they were turning him heel sure but like if he's a heel shouldn't he have done some underhanded tactics to get to that point it's kind of confusing that he did something babyface ish which is like say oh I told you I'm going to face you man to man but you know I said I would get back to it, um, and heel and babyface in WWE. I think there are some blurred lines, and I think a lot of people don't realize WWE is very self-aware. They realize there's there's a whole internet community and hardcore fans that are like, no, Roman's the heel and Braun's the face. But they don't care. They they know you're gonna cheer for Braun and you're gonna boo Roman. They don't give a crap. Because at the end of the day, they know Roman sells merchandise. They know he appeals to the casual audience. <clears throat> you can't hate them with going... Well, you got to realize, the hardcore base doesn't make up the majority of their fan base. You know, NXT is only a certain amount of of fans. That's the hardcore fans. Um, they got to appeal to, you know, ma- a massive amount of countries that are like... Roman Reigns is the best. So I think in terms of a... Uh, TV, they throw these baby face and heel characters out there, but they also kind of give the little blurred lines so that the hardcore fans will still accept it a little bit. Um, case in point, Becky Lynch not being a true heel with Charlotte. There are blurred lines where the hardcore fans might be like, well, Charlotte deserved it, or Charlotte deserves what happened to her because she's conniving. She got herself in the match. And those hardcore fans are right. At the same time, the casuals are like, you know what, Becky Becky shouldn't have done that. And Charlotte was just doing what she, you know, was trying to do, which is win the title. It's not her fault she won the title. So again, we get these blurred lines. WWE probably doesn't get enough credit for it. There was a lot of controversy. Oh, why'd they turn Becky heel? She's not the heel in this storyline. Good. You're discussing it, though. You're talking about it. You're intrigued. That's kind of what they're going for. We live in the reality era, I think is is what they call it. And there are no set baby faces and no set heels. I don't think people realize that as much. Kevin Owens, you can call him a heel, but is he a heel? He he gets pops. He gets one of the loudest pops of the night. Bobby Lashley's a baby face. Is he really? He gets booed (laughs) a lot. Elias gets a monster baby face reaction. There are blurred lines on the show. The biggest... And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like, I mean, in the Attitude Era, we had Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the biggest tweener in the, the business. He was a, a good guy who did bad guy things. And he got cheered for it. And so is there not room for that in, in the business today? You know how you get a guy to be the biggest heel in the business right now? You make him a baby face. <laughs> Roman Reigns lives by that. Like, the fact that, like, he gets booed out of the building. I think people don't realize. I think it's, a, it's Vince McMahon who said it, right? It's not about if they cheer you or if they boo you. It's if they react to you. And people don't realize there's a reason why John Cena was in that role all those years. Why Roman Reigns is in the role. It's because if Roman came out and there was silence, something's wrong. But when he comes out, he gets a reaction. You don't have to agree with it, but he gets a reaction. Oh, first of all, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't even talked about SmackDown. We haven't even, oh, like, yeah. sorry, you know sorry. why we haven't talked about SmackDown? Because Brandon didn't see SmackDown. <laughs> I did see SmackDown. Speaking of SmackDown, how about the Miz, man? All right? This guy is money. Right. How about Brie Bella botching two <laughs> dives on Raw? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even <laughs> not even meaning to hate on her, but holy crap! You know what? 
bring credit. She tried it again. <laughs> Guys, we're just we're just rasping her too. I mean, at the end of the day, she's been out of the ring for a while. Yeah. You know, you got to give her respect for even trying those spots. Yeah. But you know, I, I can't believe she went for the second time after the Oh, the second time was brutal though. They were just like at that point, they're like, "Go home, just just go home. That's it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up." Oh, uh, that was me. We, yeah, so yeah, just yeah, so you know, yeah. as a sidebar, we have a wrestling chat, like pretty much with another friend on WhatsApp that we uh, frequent. So I'll send, we'll send stupid stuff like that, <laughs> stuff like the stupid damn Meltzer driver from All In, <laughs> which yeah, tweet me your hate, but it's it. Their timing on that move, the Young Bucks suck <laughs> on that move. It's not that I'm even gonna call attention to the fact that it's gimmicky and and and, and you know spotastic, you know, but. Their execution of it is horrible. If you want to see that move look a lot better, watch Ricochet and Evan Bourne. Or Evan Bourne, do you hear me? I'm a WWE guy. Uh, at Ricochet and uh, Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. Do it. And uh, their timing on it is impeccable compared to the Young Bucks, who are supposed to be the ones who popularize the move. But hey, let's give them credit. They don't do it in Japan because they know their audience. Right. Now back to the dive because I cut you off there. Do you think they would in Japan they would appreciate uh, <laughs> I think I think in Japan they were just like oh. I you know I wonder if uh, the ECW fans would appreciate it. You fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah, those same fans would piss on you if you weren't fire yourself or son of a bitch. But, uh, yeah, so you, yeah, you replay the camp for jumping out under Ruby Riot and uh, Logan. And, uh, of course, she comes up in the road completely business. And they're like trying to like grab her saber, but they just they couldn't because she's just completely in support. And then they both like sit down, and then Logan just like. <laughs> I mean, you gotta put yourself in that situation, right? It's kind of awkward. It's like you expect to be, you know, protect the fellow yeah. performer and have to catch them, and they just go face planting, <laughs> face planting in front of you. It's like, what do I do? Poor Ruby Riot's going to like hit her with a back punch, like just to compensate. Then just just goes down to that. To hell with it. And then uh, Sarah, poor Sarah Logan's like, I guess the wind hit me, and <laughs> I'm gonna go down. <clears throat> it, was, it was the gender uh, <laughs> First of all, I don't. Uh, what part of whisper in the wind don't you understand? All right, the force of Jeff Hardy's body whispering by him caused irre- irreversible ear damage that threw off gender's equilibrium, and so he went down. But don't let it take away from the fact that that man called his shot and said he would be WWE champion. Brandon is trying to shame him, spot shame him right now. Hashtag spot shame him. I'm starting to wonder if, you know, Jinder Mahal and uh, Sarah Logan. They're in cahoots. Yeah, well, like me, they have like sort of a one-track mind. So like, remember that time I <laughs> so, so I'll have to post the video because the, the, what Brandon is referring to, right, is the fact that uh, they're just stupid. It's not sophomoric what I'm about to say, but he was in the bathroom uh, WrestleMania weekend, that same WrestleMania 32. And uh, so we barricade him in the bathroom with a whole bunch of chairs and stuff. Uh, now, there's a video. Uh, Brandon walks out sees all the chairs, screams like, no, and then he shuts off the light. Me being the analyst that I am and liking to push people's buttons, I start telling this guy, you're a freaking idiot. Because what you, you go into survival mode, and the first thing you do is, is you turn off the light. Well, in reality, what had happened is he has a one-track mind. So, you know, when you go take a piss, you wipe up, you flush the toilet, you open the door, you take off the light, you walk out. He was so hell-bent on this process that when he saw the chairs, his mind still went, I'm going to turn off the light. So that's what he's trying to say is that 
spot. Right. They had the spot. They were just like, this is supposed to happen. Right. That's not a Call it in the ring, damn it. That's why you gotta learn how to call it in the ring, Brandon. Well, that's to tell you something. The, the Bellas transcend the roster split because they do some boat shows. <laughs> they're on every show. And I mean, I mean every show, as in they're on Raw, SmackDown, Total Divas, and Total Bellas. <laughs> um, but SmackDown, I mean, I think it's not that SmackDown was a bad episode at, by any stretch of the imagination. I think it was just because of Raw being so radically different this week and with All In being this week that it right. felt like SmackDown was almost like the the normal show. Okay. And it's almost like forgettable. And uh, I really commend them, though, of having R-Truth in the main event with Miz. Yeah. I mean, first of all, can we give credit to The Miz? Because The Miz can do anything and make a guy look better. Anybody who feuds with The Miz ends up looking better than they were before, and, and Miz doesn't get enough credit for that. And that being said, R-Truth is a guy who WWE gives him constant plates of shit with, like, just characters that would, like, normally bury a person. and But he's just talented enough that he can always take whatever he's given and just make it work. And he can he remains popular being, like, one of the oldest guys on the roster, but he moves like he's 20. He moves better than me. I'm 29. He moves better than me. And he's twice my age. <clears throat> but he, uh, I mean, he got the victory on the Miz. I'm, you know, I hope it's not just a one-off. I hope it leads to something. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of R-Truth. I think we were I huge. Right. <laughs> we were ecstatic when he turned heel in 2011. I remember we used to tune in to Raw at that time period just to see R-Truth. And that character that he had, you know, the C O N conspiracy, you know, it's that heel character that he had was absolutely amazing. That was my favorite moment when it was when he came out in the uh, Confederate uh, Confederate outfit. outfit, yeah. Oh man, that was brilliant. And there's just so much cool stuff they could have done with that character. I know uh, they they they, they pulled it, the trigger yeah, on it. They, or they oh, yanked the man. yanked the cord on that one real quick. I think so too. I think he should have remained heel. Um, then I, uh, they actually put him with the Miz is what ended up happening. Yeah. And then he he and Miz fell out. So I mean, they go it goes all the way back to him and Miz right. um, again, and and he ended up turning babyface again and just you know, believe it or not, he didn't get a character again until he messed up what town he was in that's where that whole character I don't know if you remember that that's whole, where the whole character came because I think they were in um, uh, Milwaukee Wisconsin and he goes Green Bay and they were like oh you idiot so like it became like him messing up right. as his character so I mean yeah, then he even ran with that yeah. and made it something amazing so it's like our truth doesn't get enough credit he's a vet in the business and yeah. Even the stuff he had to do with uh, like gold dust, man. Yeah, I mean that's they, they even had both some, of them. They had some crazy stuff, but they made it work. You know. I'm gonna go look up Penelope <laughs> and uh, figure this out. <laughs> Forget Ford. Jo- Joey Janela is probably gonna come after you if you <laughs> try to stalk his girl. The bad girl, but it'll be forward. Um, so, geez, is that really how we're going to end the episode? Is like just talking about. I think uh, well, there you have it. Tune in next week for Penelope Ford, I guess, conversation. Brandon's going to have his own spin off uh, <laughs> podcast at that point called uh, <laughs> Pipe Dreams with Penelope. I don't know basically your dreams um <laughs> awkward silence <laughs>